0: Greetings, true believers and newcomers alike. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app, Excelsior!
1: An experiment has gone wrong. Now, as one man searches for a cure, he discovers a power that even he can't control.
0: Hulk. Hey everybody! Welcome to episode 254 of the DCAU review. That's right, we are still the DCAU review, but as has now become tradition, we have uh, we've flipped the script, so to speak, here, and we're having a little fun for our April Fool's episode. Liam, welcome to this week's edition of the DCAU.
2: Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't. I don't know what to do with my hands. This is uh, this is always a little bit strange, but yes, it's uh, no. We're gonna have a lot of fun today, as 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 Cal said. This is a gonna be a tradition for this uh, this April Fool's week uh, going forward. I think we started it last year with a review of an episode of the Spider Man animated series, and so uh, this year one one week only, one one episode only we will bring you a a decidedly non-DC animation-based review. And in this case, it's for the Incredible Hulk animated series and the episode entitled Helping Hand, Iron Fist.
0: That is right. And you may be sitting at home scratching your head going, listen, uh, there's the X-Men animated series you could have Mm -hmm. done. There is Fantastic Four. There's the Iron Man cartoons. Why of all of the Marvel animated cartoons, heck you could have done another Spider-Man episode. Why Mm -hmm. of all of the Marvel animated cartoons, did you pick the incredible Hulk episode? And the answer is quite simple. It's because we wanted to do this episode (laughs)
2: because it's our show. That's why
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is correct. Yes. We, we do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of fan service on this show, you know, and uh, we give, we put the power in the hands of the listeners a lot, Uh, We did so last year, actually, there was a uh, Mm -hmm. there was a brief moment where I thought we were going to have to review the the Channing Tatum dog movie. One day, you know, and but, uh, you know, we gave the the power to the listeners. They selected Spider-Man this year. We decided to be a little selfish. Uh, This episode, Liam, of this show it's actually the fourth episode in the series run, but originally aired on September the 29th. 1996 here in the states on the UPN network. So uh, for those of you who don't know, if you're here in the states and you're like, what in the heck is the UPN network? Perhaps you're a little bit younger than us or perhaps you don't remember maybe your region didn't uh, didn't have the UPN network. Uh, I'm not quite sure if that was a, I na- I assume it was a national network. It was pretty national. Uh, yeah, but
2: it's the it's the network that would eventually merge with with the WB to form what is now in America, the the CW network. uh.
0: Correct, which is the joint venture between CBS and Warner and Warner Brothers, which is Paramount and 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 Warner Brothers, which Mm -hmm. uh, we're not even going to get into the the conglomeration of different uh, different mergers here. But essentially, there's not a ton of information out here as to why the Incredible Hulk animated series, uh, at least that we were able to find, was picked up by the UPN network, as opposed to the Fox network, where the previous four animated shows, Marvel shows, as we mentioned, uh, X-Men, Spider-Man, Iron Man and the Fantastic Four were all shown on Fox Kids. Uh, we're not quite sure. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, details out there. Perhaps if, uh, if you're a listener and you have some insight or maybe, you know, a little bit more than we do, feel free to tweet us this week at DCAU review on Twitter. But uh, yeah, UPN picked up the Incredible Hulk series and uh, it ran for two seasons uh, this, as we mentioned, is the fourth episode in the series. The first season uh, was actually pretty, uh, pretty well liked by a lot of people. It's a it's pretty dark compared to the other uh, Marvel shows that were on television prior to this, and uh, has has a running thread throughout of the Hulk desperate to find his cure, as is so often the case, and and was prior to this in the live action series. But uh, they leaned a lot, Liam, in this show in in many. Different episodes on guest stars, uh, perhaps as a way to draw those viewers over to the network to get people excited about an Incredible Hulk show. But uh, this episode is no different and features Iron Man, as we mentioned. In case you couldn't figure it out, doesn't actually feature Iron Fist, who him is <laughs> even though himself a a Marvel superhero. No, it features Iron Man uh, and War Machine. So we get some uh, we get some crossover here and it happens to be voiced by the same uh, people that played those characters in the Iron Man animated series. So we do have some uh, some continuity here and some uh, I I would say if this was uh, if if you had to break this down, if this fit into the Marvel loosely Marvel animated universe canon, it seems seems to fit. So, uh, you know, we'll get into this week's uh, four categories, just like we do with our DC shows. We're going to break this down into our four categories this week, uh, which, of course, are plot, visuals and animation, music and then voice acting. And uh, but before we do, we, of course, are going to get to the official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, which, of course, is brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash tower to check out our prior 253 plus episodes, including last year's April Fool's Day special. If you want to check out our animated review of the very first spider-man the animated series episode night of the lizard that is available right there at youtube.com slash the pod tower not only that but you get some great content from our, our friends over at watchtower database and a uh, tim talks entire library is available for streaming as well head over to youtube.com slash the pod
2: all right, so this is the very, very long synopsis for uh, for Helping Hand, Iron Fist, which was written by Stuart St. John, directed by Ernesto Lopez, with music by, uh, apologies in advance for how badly, I'm going to butcher these names, but uh, Shuki Levy, or Levi, and uh, Kusa Makai, or Machi, uh, apologies, just terrible apologies and uh, an animation by Cyrom productions and that synopsis reads as such bruce banner goes to california and attempts to contact tony stark he is suffering from amnesia and attacks rick and iron man when they show up to help hulk regains his senses and transforms to bruce banner after a conversation with jim rhodes Gabriel Jones and General Ross realize where Banner is hiding and send Hulkbusters to get him. Stark tries to help Banner purge the Hulk, but the Hulkbusters interfere despite the efforts of War Machine. Due to the interference, Banner transforms and Stark has to put on his special anti-Hulk armor. With Rick's help, the Hulk escapes. Excelsior! (laughs) uh thank you stan the
0: man i appreciate that all right cal uh, you're gonna have to lead the rest of this episode because that, that pretty say, much killed my throat <laughs> i'm surprised you did not hack up a lung halfway through that uh, one take baby that's right we gotta gotta love it uh but yeah we uh can jump into our plot recap here as we start the episode off uh as uh as we mentioned at the top uh, it's actually we get we get sad boy hulk like immediately <laughs> He's just sitting there in the rain, uh, on a on like a rock, and he's just real, real sad. This Hulk, this Hulk definitely listens to Juice World, like <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he's cranking it up. He's real sad. Honestly, you could probably take this clip. Somebody should and just kind of put some of that sl- sad, slow reverb to it and just re- loop it over and over again of just the Hulk sitting there in the rain. Like I'm, I'd be very surprised if there isn't a YouTube video with like. Slowed reverb Hulk sitting in the rain, listening to whatever (laughs) slow reverb song there is. Uh, But yes, so the Hulk is sitting there in the rain. He's very, very sad. And uh, as this Hulk is sitting there, he happens to hear the screams of a female voice and uh, off in the distance he considers perhaps it might be his love, Betty Ross, who of course is uh his lost love, who is uh back at home trying to work on a cure for him, as we'll find out a little bit later. And of course, the daughter of General Thunderbolt Ross, who we'll learn is uh is in hot pursuit of trying to find the Hulk so they can capture him, just as it is in the in the live action Marvel Universe, of course. Very similar to that. At least it was. I guess I guess thunderbolt ross is no longer after the hulk anymore i don't know can't keep up with it anyway <laughs> back to the show so there's a uh, a group of of ne'er-do-wells that are chasing down uh this poor latino family in the rain and uh, they that is who is uh, screaming for help the hulk jumps in right at the last moment just as it appears that this poor family is about to be shaken down robbed and who knows what else happened to them the hulk jumps in uh, and starts taking care of business, ending up uh, kind of not only shaking the car and uh, smashing the car, but takes it and throws it off of the overpass uh, down. Sends it skidding down below where it actually slides into a group of police officers who were, I guess, on their break. I don't know. Uh, but uh, just just in time, he steps in and is able to save this poor family. And uh, the gentleman is so thankful to the Hulk. He gives him his rain jacket. Uh, and wishes him well and he goes about it on his way. Uh, this causes the Hulk, I assume to, to calm down a little bit, which causes him to transform back into Dr. Bruce Banner, who realizes that he is in fact, arrived in Los Angeles, and that's where the rest of our episode will take place. So he's there in LA and he's made it. He's there in an attempt to find Tony Stark, aka, of course, Iron Man, in an attempt to help him with finding his cure. And uh, he heads over to a payphone. Kids, a payphone used to be (laughs) sort of like a, a cell phone, except it was public. It was available for public use. You had to put quarters in to pay for your phone call. And uh, it was probably one of the most unsanitary places uh, to be uh, in the United States at in, at the time. But uh, yeah, they, they still exist someplace, I think. But anyway, so he makes his phone call. And uh, in the midst of the phone call, unfortunately, the damage that happened to the overpass as the Hulk was uh, on his rampage at that point begins to give way and uh, he's only able to leave a brief message for Tony uh, letting him know that he was there. And uh, as he, uh, as the, the overpass crumbles, he falls down and is, uh, is unfortunately covered by some of the rubble. And uh, that's where we get our, uh, our shift to a character, Rick Jones, um is this character? I don't know. Does this character still exist in Marvel Comics? Is this? Does... I think he's around. I
2: I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, up to date on my my Hulk lore. I don't. I don't think he himself has been a Hulk yet. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's around.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, so Rick Jones, who uh, in the in the '90s and certainly in the show, was sort of a I guess he was a st- sidekick stand in like he's he's Bruce Banner's friend that was somewhat mm-hmm. responsible uh, for uh, ended up being, as the story goes, responsible for turning the Hulk into or Bruce into the Hulk. He was <laughs> on like the 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 testing site and uh, was the person that Bruce Banner went out to save in order to uh, to prevent uh him being affected by the this Rick Jones from being affected by the gamma radiation uh so he he sort of gave up his own life to protect Rick Jones so Rick uh sees sees that he owes him a bit of gratitude and and a debt sort of uh, so to speak so he's Bruce's friend and protector and is sort of trying to watch over him and we see that uh he has shown up at Stark Enterprises where uh he is looking to find out uh just if If uh, Bruce has made it to uh, to Stark Enterprises in order to meet up with with his uh, his pal, and we get a, a pretty humorous. Entry piece here as we get to our, our bad boy Rick Jones doing uh doing the security guards no favors and and giving no craps, doing everything he can to avoid Stark's uh Stark's high-tech security system. But uh at the last second, he is uh he is stopped before he can go any further by uh not Iron Man, but a uh another man in a metal suit that you might recognize. <laughs>
1: Here to see Tony Stark. Or if he's not around, maybe that rusty bodyguard of his, Iron Maiden. His name's Iron Man. Listen, kid, try calling the office. Is it a decent hour? Like daytime? But I make a heck of a better impression in person. Hey! Yo! In the hot zone. You guess you just kind of wandered off the bike path right shot? i gotta see stark he might know where to find someone bruce banner dr banner
2: come with me that's right the war machine who of course in this era of both this cartoon and the comics uh this probably seems like a very foreign concept now but uh tony stark used to have a secret identity and uh an iron man and war machine were 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 tony stark's bodyguards Mm -hmm. so uh war machine is sort of the head of security at stark enterprises so he intercepts rick who has jumped the uh jumped the security barricade on his motorcycle in the most radical 90s way that someone could do that (laughs) and uh and he takes him in and we we then cut to our our first appearance of the the titular uh, tony stark as he is uh, talking with his computer program, who is not Jarvis. This is another thing I forget because you don't watch these things for 30 years (laughs) or for, you know, 15 years and you forget these sort of things. But Uh uh, the Jarvis character that you would probably know from the modern movies was sort of a mishmash of uh, an actual person. He had a, because comics used to be a lot more blatant about ripping each other off. Uh Tony Stark also used to have a British butler. Uh-huh. uh named Jarvis and then uh, at some point they got rid of him and he had a a computer ai assistant named Homer and uh, eventually in the the modern mcu version of things they've sort of molded those into one character but uh but yes we have Homer here as, as he and uh, as tony is uh, discussing there we see him plugging in his uh his metal heart Thing uh, <laughs> to to charge it up. That, the uh, precursor
0: that, to the arc reactor,
2: <laughs> right? Yes, and, uh, and they're sort of discussing things, and uh, then War Machine and barges into his office, bringing Rick with him, who uh, who tells Tony that uh, that he met he this kid knows Doctor Banner, and something seems to be wrong. Whoa. We're off to see
1: the wizard, Rhodey. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, War Machine. A little late for the grand tour, isn't it? Evil Knievel here took a mad dash through your perimeter stun lasers hoping to find Bruce Banner. Banner? Thanks, War Machine. Is Doctor Banner a friend of yours? <laughs> Try best friend. He's got himself missing and I have a bugging hunch he's coming here. Bruce Banner for Tony Stark! That message came in 20 minutes ago. From where? How can we... Ah! <laughs> I'm afraid my holographic computer is developing a rather wicked sense of humor. Finished with the analysis, Homer? Origin of Dr. Banner's transmission. Emergency call box, Los Angeles, at Fifth and Thomas. Mm, rough turf. No problem, because I'm a rough rider. Shall I prepare Iron Man, sir? Yeah. Be sure to oil his knees
2: because we got to run so they, uh, they they then tony has uh, has a moment of fortuitous happenstance as he presses a button on his computer and finds out that he has uh, has a message a missed call from uh, from dr banner uh from about 20 minutes ago and uh do they say the street name <laughs> like I think a, he I does think Homer he said, traces it
0: or something yeah he traces it to like some some highway and corner of something
2: that's right. So, uh, so Rick, of course, races off to find Bruce and and try to help him. And uh, and Homer uh, asks asks Tony if it's time to uh, suit up as Iron Man. And so we cut to Rick arriving at this freeway underpass where the Hulk has been, or where Bruce Banner has been buried. And we see it's not just the Hulk who has uh, some some memory issues, but uh, Bruce Banner himself as well who doesn't recognize rick and as as rick tries to help him out of the rubble that of course just agitates bruce and he returns to the hulk form and is uh is about to uh to to smash uh so to speak (laughs) not not that way uh about to destroy rick and uh hurls him towards one of the uh one of the support beams of the underpass But enter for the first time in the episode. We have Iron Man here to save the day. Wake up! Will you get away from me?
1: Man, what are you doing? This overpass is about to pancake. Let's move! I don't...
2: up between the two iron man really really gets the worst half of this like there's yeah. this, is, this is not in an era where like every superhero has to be evenly matched to mm-hmm. uh to like make everybody's fans happy mm-hmm. this is an era where like hulk just just wipes the floor with pretty much every other character
0: yeah it seems like logically that makes sense like he's supposed to be the most power he his name is the hulk mm-hmm. <laughs> okay like it's in the name He should, even though he's fighting a man in a robotic suit of armor, he should still be able to overpower him. He's the incredible Hulk, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Also, I know that I guess we could, well, we maybe talk about this in visuals also. But worth noting now is that this has a, has a lot more action in it than uh, than our previously reviewed Marvel animated series. There's a lot more fists thrown here there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still not a ton of violence, but we do have this one scene that uh, makes up a lot more. And I think that they were able to get away with it maybe because Tony's wearing the Iron Man suit.
2: For sure. Yes, As it's it's a pretty one, one-sided one fight as the Hulk just continues to wear down uh, wear down Iron Man. And as things look like he's got undead to rights, Rick sort of re-enters the picture. And as Hulk is perhaps about to attack Rick again, Rick's finally able to kind of get through to him and make him realize that, uh, that they're his friends and that they're there to help, which once again sort of calms the Hulk down. And, uh, and returns him uh, to his Bruce Banner state. And he kind of passes out as uh, as Iron Man and Rick prepare to take Bruce back to Stark Enterprises. We get this, this is one of the fun things about coming to a random episode of this show because uh-huh. it has a overarching, an overarching plot that obviously goes through every episode, even even though most of the episodes, I think are pretty easy to watch. And so one thing is we get just one random scene. <laughs> of uh, of betty ross bruce's uh, bruce's lost love and a guy with green hair named doc sampson uh mm-hmm. trying to do some sort of scientific testing they're trying to find a way to uh, to cure bruce as well and uh, the test does not go well so we just get that one cutaway they're never <laughs> and that's all <laughs> we get for this episode so mm-hmm. uh you'll have to follow up on your own and uh, and find out if uh, if doc sampson and, and betty ever ever cured bruce i guess i'm guessing not <laughs>
0: yeah otherwise that would be a kind of antithetical to the entire series it's, it's it'd then just be called the incredible bruce banner <laughs>
2: <laughs> not as exciting doesn't uh, doesn't sell as many toys i think
0: yeah definitely not
2: yeah so from there we cut to uh, a first appearance of general ross as mentioned who's uh keeping looks on a sort of a, a sort of a path of destruction on a map that the hulk has uh has uh, found and he contacts. Uh, I think. I guess this is Shield. Uh, mm-hmm. He contacts uh, Gabriel. Gabriel was it Jones.
0: Jones. Yep, that is Gabriel
2: Jones. Jones who I, I looked this up. He's one of uh, Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. Okay. Uh, so if you're, uh, so if you're familiar with uh, some of the the deeper Nick Fury lore of the Marvel Universe, this is sort of one of his his right-hand guys there but they're sort of discussing things and uh notice that right near where this last hulk sighting was is none other than the location of stark enterprises and of course where tony stark is iron man could not be far behind so they're immediately thinking that tony stark must have some reason or at the very least that banner is headed to see tony stark to uh, to try to uh, try to hide out there, so that's where we move on to uh, Bruce Banner Awakening at uh, at Stark Enterprise. Uh, we see Iron Man enter and take off the helmet. So apparently, and this is another thing <laughs> that's fun to drop in on. There was an Iron Man episode before this where the Hulk and Iron Man met. So this is so this is how they. Uh, I guess he so Bruce is in on the secret that uh, that that Iron Man and, and Tony are one and the same here. They don't
0: really make mention though. Like they don't mention that. Like they they mention that they know each other and Shield and General Ross or Gabriel Jones and General Ross make the connection that Banner knows Stark because Banner or because yeah because Stark provided the materials for the gamma reactor that ended ended up mm-hmm. exploding and turning him into the Hulk. I have no idea if that was established on that Iron Man episode or not because I didn't go back and and watch it. But it would be interesting to know whether or not that is. But you're also, again, you're coming into a, a a show where there was no origin story here. Bruce Banner was already the Hulk. So if you didn't watch the Iron Man episode <laughs> for this, or you thought it was weird that he sort of hid his identity from Rick, um, I guess they don't make it clear that he's hiding it from Rick. But uh, I, I maybe, I don't know. Anyway, good <laughs> continue
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes so uh so from there we get a little bit of a heart to heart from tony and bruce who bruce is sort of lamenting how no matter how many times he's tried to cure his his hulk affliction he hasn't been able to and he keeps failing and uh, and tony tries to sort of give him a a pep talk telling him that he doesn't really even get started working on a problem until he's failed miserably a couple of times so they're uh, they're determined to sort of put their heads together and uh, and work things out and uh, and from there we cut to another scene in Stark Enterprises where we see uh, Rhodey War Machine out of costume and he and uh, he and Rick are sort of looking at uh, at a few things and Rick gets uh, gets gets Chekhov's Iron Man gauntlet <laughs> here in scene we uh, we see him playing around with things and in fact actually accidentally firing off a couple of shots that uh, that make uh, Rhodey and Homer a little bit nervous.
1: Hey, cool. So, it, this new armor's repulsor ray packs more wallop than the one Iron Man used on Hulk? So Homer boasts endlessly. Say, you and the Hulk got some kind of friendship going on or what? Yeah, well... It's bruce saving my dumb rear that got him blissed with gamma rays in the first place i owe it to him to be there you know through the rough times i know what you mean kid friends do that excuse me sir. Uh, sorry he spooked me again it's okay I often wanted to do that myself. I have an urgent call from shield agent Gabriel better skinny out of your kid.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's some comedy that's played for there. As roadie mentions that uh, as one of the shots, of course, because Homer is a hologram, it goes through him destroying some equipment. But uh Rody remarks that he too wanted to do the same thing to Homer if, If you've watched any of the Iron Man series, there was always a bit of an adversarial relationship between Homer and Rhodey. (laughs) So uh, very funny that they, they gave that call back here, but uh, yes, we, we learned that they are, they are setting, setting up uh, at this point. uh, We get, uh, we don't know exactly what's going on with, with Bruce and Tony, but uh, that they've been discussing about uh, they're going to work together to try and rid Bruce of the Hulk. And, And meanwhile, Uh, roadie gets a call incoming call from the shield agent, uh, Gabriel Jones, the aforementioned Gabriel Jones. And, uh, he, despite telling Rick to get out of, uh, out of view, uh, Rick accidentally remains in view, uh, as this conversation between Rhodey and Jones, uh, happens. And, uh, Jones is trying to shake him down, ask him where Bruce banner is. Rhodey denies everything. But, uh, when Rhodey, see, uh, when, uh, Jones reviews the reviews, the tape, and we get the old fat, the old TV trope of computer zoom in enhance. <laughs> Uh, we we get a very garbled image that suddenly is in HD, and it is of course uh, Rick Jones that he spots in the background with General Ross seeing it, declaring that if Rick Jones is there, then the Incredible Hulk must be there as well. So it's time to move in on Stark, and uh, we cut back to the, uh, the our heroes who are uh, unbeknownst to this plan of uh, of action here by Shield and the government as they as they begin their. Uh, their descent on Stark enterprises, but uh, we have, uh, we have uh, this experiment. They're putting Bruce in a tube. That's going to separate essentially the Hulk's DNA from his DNA or something like that. I I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of exposition (laughs) and things that are said that may or may not make scientific uh, scientific sense. Uh, All I know is they put, they put the man that, uh, can be easily agitated and turn into a green monster into a very small, confined space and shock him with electricity.
1: (coughs) Um, Rick, before my memory skips another beat, I uh, want to say thanks, you know, for not giving up on me, even when... Hey, wasn't too long ago when everyone had given up on me. Everyone but a certain doctor, so... Enough said. Okay, Bruce... (laughs) Good news is, I was able to replace several outdated components in your design, mainly the gamma filters. Bad news is that once you're put into stasis sleep, I'll have to artificially induce your Hulk state to purge the gamma mutation. Should be some ride. Yeah. Understood. Initiating containment. Best of luck, sir. Bogus days
0: besides what could possibly go wrong <laughs> so that's what we're doing <laughs> and uh as as this starts up and uh, as they begin their process and and uh, hoping to rid bruce of the uh, of the hulk monster of course shield and general ross with their forces show up outside of stark enterprises calling in uh to speak to tony to ask him to give up bruce banner bruce Uh, Bruce is again, still in the containment field. Tony denies Bruce being there and says that, uh, he's going to have to, he's not going down without a fight. So at this point, the, uh, the, we get, uh, we get, uh, the, the experiment starts to begin to go awry as, uh, as it's been interrupted a couple of different times by this, this conversation. And when they begin to go through with things, uh, wouldn't you know it the old power cutting sequence happens as the, (laughs) The government sh- uh, shoots missiles. We get a, we get a brief scuffle outside as they begin sending in robots. Which, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, uh, and being the uh, being the people that they are, can't help themselves but repeat the past. As we get an army of robots. Uh, if it was live action, it would be CGI, a CGI army, an animated <laughs> cartoon robot army headed to fight our heroes here. Because if you kill all of them, there's absolutely zero repercussions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, we we get uh, we get this army of robots begin invading Stark Enterprises. But uh, for the time being, at least. Uh, the, the defense system seemed to be working, but as I mentioned, they go right after the power system, which not only disrupts the, the security system, but of course, disrupts the power uh, to the experiment that they're doing. And things began to fail. And in the words of uh, of Rick Jones, uh, Duck and Cover Sports fans, he's hulking out. He's been
1: into critical gamma state. We get through this and we'll... Uh, hold on. Need a general Critical gamma state. We get through this and we'll hold on. Mutagenics remaining stable. It's not purging It must be a flaw. No! banners mutated DNA is manufacturing defenses. Duck can cover sports fans. He's hulking out. Because, uh,
0: the incredible Hulk is uh is not too happy to be in this combined space and being electrocuted and begins to rock back and forth. So the transformation is continued here and he breaks out and boy oh boy is he mad uh i mean he, we know he's always angry right that's his scene <laughs> but uh he's quite angry at this point and breaks out and there begins a small scuffle between the incredible hulk and we get our uh we get our batman v superman moment here right we get our our battle between our two heroes uh once again as uh, as the hulk uh, decides to take out his anger on uh on tony stark first who Thankfully for him, is launched towards his suit of armor, and it's not just any suit of armor. It is our Hulk Buster armor, Liam. Which man? Oh man, just the absolute coolest Iron Man suit of all time. I mean,
2: absolutely my favorite. Uh, you know, like this, the Iron Man and Hulk, the non-Spider Man X Men cartoons are largely looked at I think as lesser than Mm -hmm. um, and not as successful and a lot of that comes down to did their toys sell and that's not that's just how the industry was at the time generally speaking Mm -hmm. the toys paid for the show
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: and uh, but man the Iron Man Hulkbuster action figure is like that's that's a probably 10 favorite action figures I ever owned as a kid all the extra armor pieces and stuff so seeing it in action in an episode very very cool and we'll certainly talk more about that in visuals but yes tony uh, runs in gets this gets in the suit just at the nick of time as as hulk looked like he was going to take out his frustration on rick one more time and of course so we have these kind of multifaceted on we have war machines still trying to tangle with the the various robots. We have Hulk Buster robots bursting into the uh, to the lab, and then we have the Hulk and Iron Man battling as well. So Rick grabs his gauntlet, to uh, his Iron Man gauntlet that he was playing with earlier, and begins to take out some of the uh, some of the other robots so that Iron Man can focus on the Hulk. And uh, they have a they have a pretty fun, albeit brief battle. And of course, just like the anti Kryptonite suit. Or uh, or any of these other special suits that our heroes wear, we bring it in for an episode, and it must immediately get destroyed. As <laughs> as, as the Hulk as the Hulk gives it quite a bear hug, and so uh, Tony is forced to abandon abandon ship, so to speak, and just fly around in his regular armor. And at the same time, a, a helicopter uh, uh, drops sort of a, a, a special trap for the Hulk and captures him and begins to airlift the Hulk, uh, the Hulk out of it. And uh, Rick actually runs in as Iron Man and War Machine sort of continue to fight off some of the robots. Rick uh, runs and jumps and leaps onto the trap and begins to try to damage it as the Hulk is unable to break it from inside. But uh, Rick is able to damage it just enough that he's uh that the Hulk is able to uh, to break out, and as he as he does, he sort of realizes as that uh, that it's Rick. He he regains his memory that Rick is his friend, and that Rick has helped him. God. Come on,
1: Hulk, smash this thing, trash it. Ah, Last, what's that pumpkin think he's doing? When in doubt, break something. Uh, 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 uh. Remember now.
2: Friend. the Hulk breaks out of his prison and returns to the lab. And thankfully as Rick was falling down, Iron Man was able to catch him. So Rick is, uh, is not too hurt, but he is, uh, he is knocked out. So Iron Man and War Machine sort of stand guard as, as the Hulk flees the scene and, uh, and they take out a few remaining uh, robots before we get our our little bit of an epilogue to the, to the show here as, uh, as Ross is sort of questioning Iron Man, very, uh, very uh, strictly but uh as we can see there's no evidence official <laughs> other than that video call where iron man is like you'll never get bruce banner well i'm still standing uh there's no uh, there's no official evidence that uh that the hulk or bruce banner were here and in fact uh iron man claims that uh, if he was here he must have been vaporized in the in the explosions and uh and there's no uh there's no evidence uh, that says otherwise so they kind of have uh they have ross and uh, and and jones sort of uh sort of uh frustrated but they have uh, no choice but to withdraw with some some parting pithy dialogue about uh about uh about i how iron man's going to send a bill to the pentagon for uh, for all of the repairs to stark industries and and we sort of end with a, a very kind of very soft we get our, our moral of the story as uh after everyone else has left, we see uh, Tony and and Rhodey sort of standing amongst the wreckage, and Rhodey talking about what a mess it was, and how there's, uh, you know, it's a shame that uh, that all of this uh, all of this came at such a high such a high price and with no real reward. But uh, but Tony Stark's there to let us know that really helping a friend is uh, is the greatest reward of all. Oh,
1: mama. gonna need a month or two in a whirlpool after tonight sir i have calculated the damages and have deduced that helping dr banner was not very cost effective i'm sure it was homer because there's nothing more
2: valuable than friendship We uh, get one final little shot of uh, of rick and 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 bruce banner stowed away on a on a train car and they're uh they're hiding away off to the next town and off to the next adventure as we wrap up for this week.
0: There you have it. All right. Uh, so uh, I think I think it's safe to say we probably talked about this last year during our our Spider Man episodes. It's hard to it's hard to use the same scale. We actually talk about this across all shows. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to use the same scale. Uh, when you think about what the budgets were for between this and Batman the Animated Series, or or even you know Zeta and Batman the Animated Series, or or Static, or you know, so we do take grade on a curve. We're going to grade on a curve here when it comes mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. comes to things. Um, the plot itself. It's this episode is a is near and dear to us because our grandfather just like randomly taped this like recorded this off of live television one time and we had it on tape and watched it a 100 times and as you mentioned. Uh, The Iron Man series was was pretty near and dear to our hearts growing up. It was our our, kind of our only exposure to Marvel animation for quite some time. So um, this having this Iron Man show up on this series will always be super cool. Like it's Mm -hmm. just it's just a super cool concept. Um, I think the plot in and of itself, the idea that. Bruce is looking to get this cure. So he thinks about who his friends are and he thinks about this brilliant scientist, this guy who's helped him out, this super rich guy that's helped him out or that, you know, helped him out with his initial experiment. Um, he knows his secret uh, being Iron Man. I'm going to go seek this guy out and see what, what we can do to put our heads together. Maybe he can help me. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, The idea, the idea that uh just by accident, uh if Rick hadn't been in this screenshot, the episode wouldn't have happened essentially. Like that's the only reason they had they suspected that he was there, but if Rick had just been able to get off of screen, maybe the episode wouldn't have happened. There's certainly some happenstance that occurs, but um I think you can look past that. There there is I think I would have liked to have seen more of the, the Hulk buster Hulk versus Iron Man concept if you're gonna do this Uh, if you're really going to do this, then do it, like have it, have it play out more. But then again, I think it also plays out on the Iron Man episode from my recollection. The Hulk fights him in that episode too. So maybe they didn't want to double, triple down on that. Um, it tells a fine story. I mean, you, you, you don't get too much resolution. I don't believe Iron Man reappears on this series. So it's not like the quote unquote friendship that they, that they value so much that they talk about at the end really comes back into play for the series. But, um, I think it's a fine, fun story. It's a fun 22 minutes. It's pretty much wall to wall action. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. there's always something happening. Uh, even the down, downtime parts seem to be uh, infused the, with a little bit of action. Um, so I ended up giving plot a seven out of 10 for this. How about you? <laughs>
2: yeah i went with the exact same score i think i think the bones of this are fun like uh, like we sort of talked about at the start it's very much takes after the the old uh live action hulk tv series and that you know he's on he's on the move town to town he's a he's a fugitive from the law and and he's you know he's he's kind of out there and he's he's just going from town to town this week he happens to be in los angeles and that's where iron man lives so you know you just kind of you kind of accept some of that happenstance and then uh, you just kind of you just kind of enjoy the ride yeah i don't uh, the, you know some of the things like you can look at like oh how did you know how how ross and uh and joe and gabriel jones figure out where uh, where they are or that that rick is rick is just like standing in the background while roadie's <laughs> uh, on the on the video phone like, yeah, that's that's the that's all a little bit of happenstance. That that's one of those things that like, okay, that happens because we want the third act to be Ross showing up with a bunch of robots for Iron Man and War Machine to fight. Like right. <laughs> that's that's one of those ones you just kind of have to accept. So it's not gonna win any goals. I really appreciate and we'll talk about this in voice acting. Like uh I don't I don't the character of Rick Jones can be a little bit grating in that way that this character, this archetype of character always is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go back to a, a 90s cartoon I think or really maybe a 90s TV show of any kind, mm-hmm. but I really think like I really appreciated like the the wholesomeness of his and Bruce Banner's relationship in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of like them like squeezing each other's hand like there's like a physical affection for each other that they show. yeah uh, that I think is is really nice and and like it seems like they they like you you believe that you believe that part of it even wrapped up in all of the totally rad motorcycle tricks and 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 one-liners i think the the friendship of of rick and and bruce banner and by extension rick and the hulk i think is uh is 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 well done and i appreciated that and to an extent the friendship between tony and, and bruce banner as well so i think there's uh, there's still some good stuff in here even if it's not quite as perhaps polished as a uh as a uh, one of our our regular DCAU cartoons could be at times, uh, you know, I think it's still it's still quite a bit of fun and and it you always have that factor of uh, as we we've said recently on other shows, uh, you know, just the, the the episodes where you get to take two of your action figures and mash them together and make them fight. <laughs> like those episodes are always fun. those are always a hoot when you when you get to do one of these crossovers. so there's extra points for that too, probably.
0: There you go. All right, Liam, let's move on to our second category, which of course is going to be animation and visuals. And I believe you said the animation studio responsible is Cyrom Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't know a lot about this company. Um. I will say um, as far as Marvel animated shows are concerned, I, I think everything looks... Fine. There were some neat tricks um, that I that I liked. They they used the the sort of close up shot of both Iron Man and War Machine a couple of times where you got the reflection uh, of whatever they were looking at uh, on the other side. Uh, as a as a way it happened to Iron Man at least three times like one time it's just like fire there's a couple of times where it's the Hulk um, mm-hmm. and you get you, there's even one shot where they they do a super close-up you get to see Tony Stark's eyes through the lenses which you typically can't yes. see they're usually they're usually black but there's this one really great shot where he's Hulk is uh, I think it's the cut to commercial break the Hulk is kind of standing over top of him about to about to smash him with something and and uh, they 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 cut away from it so um, there's, there's some, there's some interesting things. I think the, the Hulk Buster robots. So we, I don't know if we mentioned it, but there's a, <laughs> it's very confusing, but the robots that the army uses in order to attack the Hulk are also called Hulkbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be confused with the Hulk Buster Iron Man armor, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. uh, the, the robots, they're, they're interesting. I like, I like that they didn't, it didn't appear to me that they just used like, Loop continuous animation for the the Hulkbusters and the scenes that they're in. Like, there's mm-hmm. one shot where they're kind of marching past, and um, and it, I I will say uh, that there are some there are some goofs, there are some things. There's a lot of jump cuts, um, and I think some of that probably goes to our director would would go to our director as far as the I assume for the for the animation choices and the cuts, but the the action sequences are very jump cut heavy which make Mm -hmm. it very very difficult for me or made it difficult for me to sort of take everything in because it's there for a second and then it's gone and maybe some of that was was due to budget to make it seem more in motion than it was um I don't know. I don't know if that was a camouflage thing. I don't know if that's just a, a personal decision or, or, or choice by the, the director, our director, uh, Ernesto Lopez, or what, what the deal was, but um, it's very dizzying. And that last, both the opening fight between Iron Man and the Hulk, and then that last sequence where they're fighting the armies coming in, there's helicopters outside war machines fighting the army and shield uh iron man's back inside the lab fighting the hulk uh there's a lot of jumping around a lot of quick cuts and it's 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 very hard to appreciate the action that's going on on the screen because it's not it's it's almost not there for long enough for you to to absorb it um so i did not like that there are some goofs a um, couple of major ones. One I will mention uh, is really not that big of a deal, but it's kind of funny. It's one of those like super friends type things with a, with the reverse Batman symbol when in the opening scene, when, uh, when the Hulk turns back into Bruce Banner after saving the family, he looks into a puddle to see the Hollywood sign, but in the, so the Hollywood sign is you see it from the puddles reflection uh, it should be backwards, right? Because it's like a mirror at that point, right. but it's simply just flipped. Like the letters themselves aren't backwards. It's just kind of spelled backwards and upside down. So it's not, it, it wasn't properly, it should be reversed. Like it should be flipped horizontally and it was not flipped horizontally. So minor goof there. The major goof that I actually didn't see uh, listed anywhere. I checked the the goof section. If you want some entertainment, Head over to the Marvel Animated Universe <laughs> wiki page and check out the uh, some of the goofs that are listed there. Uh, it will give the DC Animated Universe wiki trivia and goofs page uh, a a run for its money. But uh, I didn't notice this one. But there is an actual part of that final sequence, uh, Liam. I don't know if you picked up on it. That is cut out of order. Did you pick up on that?
2: Yeah. Uh, is there? I know there's a shot in that final sequence where iron man takes off flying in the hulk buster suit then it cuts to a shot of him out of the suit and then he's back in the suit i saw that portion
0: Anything yeah specifically? I, I it it doesn't it doesn't he, the hulk is bear hugging him starts to give him the bear hug and they have not established that he left leaves the suit at least there was no like Maybe that's what he did. I never understood what happened. He's suddenly, he's in Hulk, he's giving him the bear hug. All of a sudden, he's flying around. And then we cut back and he's back in the, the Hulk Buster armor. Yeah. Like in, in this shot, we see him take, there is
2: a shot of him taking off in the Hulk Buster suit. Okay. Then there's the shot of him flying around at, in the regular Iron Man suit. Right. Then it cuts to the Hulk for a second, cuts back to him, Iron Man, but he's back in the Hulk Buster suit. Right. Then Hulk pulls him out of the sky and puts him in the bear hug. Yes. So, yes, there's so, yeah, there's there's just one shot where for some reason Iron Man is is not in in the Hulkbuster suit for flying
0: it. around. He's just in his regular suit. I don't know if they cut that from the end where he finally does break out of the Hulkbuster suit or what happened there. But it's it's it. I'm like. Wait, why isn't he in the Hulk? We just saw him take off in the Hulk Buster suit. What's mm-hmm. happened? Why is he? Why is he in a normal suit here? <laughs> it's a it's certainly a was a a little distracting there. Um, I think it's fine. I think there's there are some interesting sequences. The action is is certainly there. um, and I think mostly everybody stays on model throughout the uh, the episode. Hey, we get lots of Tony Stark Mullet in this, which Heck is yeah. Uh, huge w for me little
2: little tiny mustache and and love luscious locks
0: that's right I, I i'm still mad that they killed off the tony stark character in the marvel cinematic universe without letting him grow a mullet like cowards.
2: he was like hanging out in space for like two years between right Infinity War he wore an end game he still didn't have a mullet somehow <laughs> cowards
0: what did you like about visuals
2: uh yeah so i uh, i was gonna say i like the overall look of the of the show i think the uh, the first couple, the first Iron Man to the second season of Iron Man was a big visual upgrade and so we get the more modern version of those character models um, for this for this Hulk series as well I think it helps that uh, a lot of the action is set at night because it means they have to do like shadowing and cel- cell shading yep um, so I I appreciate that like I said I think I think we've kind of covered all of the big notes I really appreciated just <laughs> It sounds funny to say, but how one sided that first fight is where, you know, Iron Man swoops in at the last second, saves Rick from splatting and then just Hulk is on him and it's just wearing him out. Um, I thought uh, you already mentioned it, but sort of the, we get a few different shots of both uh, Iron Man and War Machine where it'll be a close up of their their helmeted face. And then you see the reflection either of who's speaking to them or you'll see like fire in it or, or something like that we get a couple of cool shots of the uh sort of the the iron man pov where you see his like uh his hud screen um and and, and all that i think i think that's pretty fun uh, the uh the the one uh i really liked the the laser rope thing that he used that that mm. he, it's like the first weapon the hulkbuster uses to try to contain the hulk shoots out like what looks like a regular laser beam but it wraps around the hulk and ties him up instead i think that's kind of a wacky fun thing uh yeah i I like the sequence of uh war machine uh fighting with the uh with the robots and the -hmm. the soldiers outside i think that's fun like he's very much an active part of this episode too which is cool Mm because another one of those just really really neat characters where you wouldn't barely know anything about (laughs) Right. about these characters you're like this guy's cool looking though and he has like the, the like the rocket pack on the back so his weapons aren't aren't one-to-one it's not like you just palette swapped the iron man suit like it's quite a bit of a different uh, look and his weapons are are different as well so i appreciated that uh other than other than the the visual things that you already mentioned that we we didn't like things were like the always aligned with <laughs> where they're supposed to be coming out of either of the like the chest (laughs) portal or or the hands or or whatever um and this is more of a personal taste thing but back to things i like uh all of the modern iron man stuff since the first uh robert downey jr movie he has those little like rockets on his hand when he's flying so he's always like hands out to the side like floating Mm -hmm. and i don't i just don't think that looks very cool Agreed. So I like that that Iron Man and War Machine are just kind of like traditionally flying. And if you're asking, well, how is he how is he steering? um I would say that it's fake.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's how he's fighting a giant gamma radiation <laughs> monster. That's how, right? And that's uh, what you're worried about. Yeah,
2: I don't know. That's just maybe maybe I have to do stuff because, in, especially in the early days of uh, of. Uh, maybe general audiences weren't quite as accepting of all of this comic book silliness as uh, as long time nerds like us are. But yeah, I, I like that they're just they're just kind of floating around out there. I think that's. But yeah, I, uh, I I definitely those are the those are the hallmarks. I like the the weird Homer character who just pops out of nowhere. I think that's a that's a lot of fun as well. So yeah, there's a I think there's a lot to enjoy.
0: Yeah. Um, there' one last thing. Uh, that, brief detail in that fight that I really, really enjoyed, and I don't know why, but ever since i saw this episode for the first time it, it pops up but in the fight sequence in the first fight sequence the hulk th- literally smashes a car on top of iron man <laughs> and he ends up in the front seat and they give you this pov from the back seat over iron man's shoulder looking at the hulk screaming through the windshield and you look up and the the rear view mirror has iron man's face in it And it turns when his head turns so you can see Iron Man's face in the rearview mirror from the backseat POV, which is just a nice little like cool detail that they included. So there is there is the bones of some really good attention to detail in some of the scenes here, but some of the places they they just they kind of fell short and there was I, I also don't like. I know I know the purpose of it was to establish that the the power was out or whatever the they were on a a backup generator for the for the uh, the final sequence there but that red film that they placed Mm -hmm. over the entire last scene which turns like the Hulk this disgusting brown color and (laughs) it's it's. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I've hated that since I saw this episode for the first time. <laughs> it just makes everything look dirty and grimy. It doesn't really establish. Like, I, again, they're going for like powers out. This is emergency power lighting. Like if you lost power in a building and these are the, your emergency lights or whatever. But um, I, I did not like that as far as the aesthetic is concerned for that final sequence.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I think there's there's some fun here. Uh, the animation itself I think is a little bit stiff and I was, I was kind of looking up this, this Cyrom productions and they don't have a lot of like action show credit. Like it's a, a very like well-versed company. They've been working for, you know, they, they still work on like present day stuff for, for Cartoon Network and stuff. But uh, you look at their, uh, their, their uh, bona fides, so to speak here. And it's a lot of like comedy shows and like Nickelodeon cartoons and, and things like that not a lot of like heavy action stuff so i don't know that they were like the maybe but the only other like action thing is they were they were on the uh one one of the sonic, sonic the hedgehog cartoons in the uh in the early 90s so yeah not a lot of action to them so i think that that might have also uh, might have also played into it. And that might also explain some of the, as you said, the sharp cuts as, as we've talked about sometime. Sometimes those cuts are like a deliberate choice by the director and storyboard artists. And sometimes those cuts are that, that shot is unusable. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to just clip it out of the episode. So um, it could be a little bit of, uh, of both in that case. So um, for all those reasons, like I said, I still think there's uh, there's some fun to be had visually here. Uh, I ended up settling on a a six out of ten for my uh, my visual score,
0: yeah, and i went uh, I went just one point lower. I went with a five out of ten for my score. um you know, I don't i, I, I again, we're grading on a curve here. There <laughs> is some interesting stuff to to enjoy. Um, I just kind of wish that the, some of the jump cuts uh, weren't. <laughs> weren't as uh as jumpy so
2: that's fair yeah i think i think the softer moments like i said the stuff with him and rick the the opening sequence where he saves the the family in the rain and they mm-hmm. they like put the coat over his head and like the baby reaches out and touches his face and all that and we kind of he gets this like goofy smile on his face like there's there's some nice little sort of smaller moments they do well even among the worst uh, action stuff
0: there's a cool 180 pan that they do initially, too. It's the first shot that you get of the Hulk sitting in the rain, like Sad Boy Hulk. There's like this, pretty you know, they start out at, at the front and then they kind of pan to the side of him looking out over his shoulder. So I thought that that shot was actually pretty neat, too. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music. And uh, we have a couple of artists, as you mentioned, I will not put you through the pain of re, uh, re-establishing <laughs> our, our musicians. Uh, and by pain, I mean, I don't want you to have to struggle through pronouncing their names or butchering their names and being I, disrespectful, I, 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 I disrespectful to them. I don't them. <laughs> want to disrespect them any
2: more than I already have in That's the, right. in the opening credits there, but...
0: So, yeah, with uh, with Marvel animated content comes the the unfortunate trope, which is there are few and far between moments uh, that they allowed to breathe. It is almost <laughs> from start to finish music that occurs uh, from from the get go before we get into our actual episodes. Uh, uh music uh i will would like to briefly talk about we could we also could have probably talked about the the opening sequence too. the the uh official incredible hulk theme song which follows suit with every other marvel animated universe which uh show which uh or at least a couple of them so iron man's theme song at least for the second season was i am iron man I mm-hmm. am Iron Man. I am Iron Man over and over and over again. Spider-Man's theme song was Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Radioactive, Spider-Man, 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 Radioactive, Spider-Man, Spider-Blood, etc., cetera,
2: et cetera, and so forth,
0: et cetera, and so on and so forth. The Fantastic Four did have a pretty catchy theme song for their mm-hmm. first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then ditch that in favor of I think just, uh, just a just a instrumental number for the mm-hmm. second second season. But the Hulk uh, continues that tradition of just kind of repeating the uh, hero's name over and over and over again as we get uh, just the the theme song kick in and uh, we get this pretty pretty interesting. It's all original animation, so no, mm-hmm. uh, no clips being used. Kudos to them for that. Not going the lazy route and just uh, clipping <laughs> clipping clips from different uh, parts of the show. It's all. All animation that kind of tells you a little bit about what we're gonna be seeing for the show. But uh in the background, as we get this this theme song that comes over, we just get this guy saying, Hulk, incredible Hulk. <laughs> like this chanting of Hulk, Incredible Hulk, uh several times throughout, which I gotta, I'm I'm not gonna front here. I, it gets me going. Like you could probably play this over some loudspeakers and I would want to li- like run through a brick wall. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty motivating. I was going to say,
2: this is definitely going on, <laughs> this is going on the workout playlist. Mm-hmm. Got <laughs> a good like steady, like it's like, it sounds like marching.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, a
2: very like steady drum line to it. And then you have this, you, know, you have the horns coming in sort of slowly building, building up to that crescendo. And then, you, yeah, you have like this, like, like chanting, <laughs> <laughs> incredible Hulk over and over again. I can't. What? Yeah. What else? What else do you need? It's a. It's a great. Uh, it's a great piece. And then you get like the softer string part when when it's Hulk being sad about Betty in the, in the middle there, and then it cuts back and then we, we get back to the cool stuff and (laughs) all the villains show up that the the Hulk will fight over the course of the series. And we, we get that, that stronger theme brought back in and, and the chanting resumes. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a, it's a fun. I, I have found myself humming this pretty much, uh, pretty much since, uh, since we knew for sure we were going to be uh, And I went looking for uh, for clips to use for social medias and stuff. I've been been humming the Hulk theme to myself. And uh, and that's not the only superhero theme we get to uh, to uh, to hear throughout the course Mm. of our episode this week.
0: That is right. The aforementioned Iron Man theme punctuates several of the scenes, almost to the point where it's like, man, we get it. It's Iron Man. He is (laughs) Iron Man. But uh again we have soft spot for that that iron man theme and they just use the riff that ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like every time he swoops in to save uh, rick uh the multiple times he does that that there's even like a like a soft version that's played when he comes in to visit bruce uh, after he's he's rescued him and brought him <laughs> back to stark enterprises
1: who <laughs> <laughs> It's me, Tony Stark. Your memory back, old friend? Uh, I'm fading in and out. Tony, what happened? Rick and I got into a little fracas with a very confused, green-eyed monster. We're not talking jealousy. Rick, where did... It... Oh, God. Sorry, this headache. Is Rick okay? He's doing fine. He's doing fine. He's a sharp kid. One dedicated friend. Yeah, better than I deserve. My life's a nightmare for anyone it touches, Tone. What'll I do? Every cure to rid myself of the Hulk has failed miserably. Hey, hey. It's not until I fail miserably that I really start to get serious. Let's say we put our eggheads together and take another crack at that cure, huh? Um, so, yeah, it's it's it's
0: almost overplayed i would say especially since this is a hulk animated series (laughs) uh it would be the equivalent of like superman guest starring in the batman episode they're just playing that just the initial riff on repeat over and over again because it is just the one riff but uh I pre- you got to appreciate it for bringing back the continuity and you know it, that's his theme song again I don't know that everybody loves I know everybody loves the X-Men animated series theme song and mm-hmm. rightfully so it's a great piece of music Agreed. but that I, Iron Man season 2 theme song 100% underrated
2: <laughs> Absolutely yes that's that is uh that's the S tier Marvel Marvel theme as we talked about we we have a uh, we have a, a place in our heart for a lot of these Marvel uh, animated themes, but uh, the Iron Man season two theme is, uh, is, is the King in, 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 uh, in my heart. So yeah, it is fun here. hear it brought in. I think especially that first time when we kind of, we kind of build up to it, but then as, uh, as Rick's about to, to go splat against the support beam and Iron Man swoops into the screen, like from underneath and uh, flies up into the scene to catch him and that theme plays for the first time. I think it's uh, it's uh, it's awesome. And as, as you said, it does go on to be a bit overused uh, throughout the rest of the episode. But uh, the the soundtrack, as far as that, and we also have the Hulk theme used quite a bit, especially during the action bits. And anytime Hulk's sad, you get that uh, that sort of bridge brought in. Um, but uh, the rest of the music, uh, I would describe this is probably not the right word, but I would describe as oppressive. <laughs> It is, it is just, it is a nonstop barrage of just sounds and strings. And there is, there is no letting this breathe. Uh, and, and again, I don't think any of it's bad, but it does come to a point where it almost becomes sort of white, like a white in the background, mm-hmm. uh, at least of your non-action sequences. Um, I think there's some, I think the music during the, um, during the fight when it's like this, when it's war machine and like the Stark security Turrets against the uh, the Busters. I think I like the music in that sequence because again, I think the percussion there, sort of rep- replicating the marching of the of the soldiers and the robots, is good. And then there's the sort of a moment where all of the turrets sort of activate and turn and sort of face whatever they're whatever they're targeting, and that's kind of synced up to the uh, to the to the music at the same time. So they do stuff with it. I didn't dislike. It, it is. Like I said, other than those those character themes and and maybe some of those uh, those other action beats, it does it does start to blend in when when it's just constantly going, no matter what's happening in the in the scene.
0: Yeah, it's it's unfortunately something that uh, plagued all of these these Marvel cartoons as we've talked about, and um, it's just because it's also it's not high quality music either. It's not, it's, I don't think it, if it is live orchestra, it wasn't recorded as well as, as the, the DC shows, it's probably a lower budget, smaller orchestra, worse recording uh, equipment or something because it definitely does. It comes off as just low budget and makes the entire show feel more low budget than it probably deserved to be. Um, so, yeah, it. despite that, despite the the wall to wall music, there were a couple, as you mentioned, the 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 I liked the the dichotomy that they had between the music in the scene where they're trying to de-hulk Bruce Banner and then outside this battle is occurring. They kind of cut back and forth and it's mm-hmm. like softer and then they cut back outside and it's more ominous and more, you know, as as the uh, as the the forces continue to encroach, it begins begins to get, uh, you know, more, more hectic and more frantic. And mm. then inside things start to build up as, as the Hulk, you know, the the bass and the drums begin to kick up a little bit. So I think if there was more opportunity to let the pieces in these bigger scenes uh, uh, breathe, as we've said a couple of times, I think mm-hmm. would have made them stand out even more. It's like, man, this is really, really good, but because it is just, non-stop music from the start to the end it just it bleeds into it and by you just like man i wish i could hear these people speaking more
2: you know <laughs> i was going to say i we'll get this in a second iron man's voice actor is a very self-spoken man mm-hmm. points where the sound and that might be more on the mixing than on the music- i mean i wouldn't put that on the 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 music itself, but that might be more in the sound mixing of things but yeah you can you can almost barely when he's talking to Homer in that first scene you can barely hear what he's saying,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's unfortunate. Um even with all of that though, even with all the the critiquing, I will say between the Iron Man theme and then they actually bring in the Hulk theme later on as he he and Rick escape out of the uh out of the lab right before the uh the forces enter or as the forces have already entered and as Iron Man and Rhodey continue to uh to fight the the army of robots, uh I I ended up giving music a strong 7 out of 10 even with all of the critiquing that I gave. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I still think that, the the Hulk opening sequence theme is great. I love the, the, the bringing back of the theme throughout. And then of course the, uh, the nods to the Iron Man theme throughout the episode, uh, we're just the, uh, the cherry on top. So seven out of 10 for me. Yeah. And I
2: actually believe it or not went even one point higher. I gave it an eight out of 10. I, I, like I said, I, I think this could be even higher with, with what we've talked about. If, if some of those, uh, other moments were perhaps music free or at least less uh, less less oppressive in their music. I, I really like. There's like a little there's a little like sting. It's like do 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 whenever the Hulk is like whenever Bruce is transforming into the Hulk or about mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it one because it kind of reminds me of the Legend of Zelda sound. Sound like when he picks up a thing. <laughs> I love that. Like, um, but also because uh, yeah, I I like like I said. I think I think there are a lot of cool moments when they're like transitioning into the action where the music kind of works with the rhythm of what's happening on screen. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate that. And I appreciate what they did. Like I said, I think there's other scenes where it feels more meandering that maybe bring this down a point or, or even two uh, beyond what it could have been for. But uh, overall I I enjoy the music and, and Hey, those, those, when you get to two great superhero themes uh, in one episode, it's hard to uh, go too low on your music score. Incredible Hulk. (laughs)
0: All right, Leah, let's, uh, let's take us home here with our final category of the day. And that, of course, is going to be our voice actors. There's actually some DCAU crossover uh, with a couple of our voices here, as we'll begin to talk about, and uh, we can also mention uh, even there's even more DCAU crossover that's not included in this uh, throughout the series, as there were in several of the other Marvel animated shows as well. But uh, we have a we have a cast here of uh, some notable names and uh, some recognizable names from '90s fame and. Uh, perhaps they're most notably from their prior roles as uh, the Incredible Hulk uh, before this cartoon series. Uh, let's talk about this week's voice cast.
2: Absolutely. So uh, just some of the the side actors. We have Tom Barry as Gabriel Jones. Uh, we have Tom Kane as uh, as, uh, as, the, uh, as as the as Homer. Who uh, folks would probably know best as he's the announcer at the start of every episode of uh, Star Wars Clone Wars.
0: Aha! Uh, okay.
2: So that's a very very recognizable voice if you've watched even uh, one or two episodes of that show. But uh, voicing a war machine, we have Dorian Harewood, who we would we, we've talked about a few times, I think, in various things. He's uh, he's in the Batman the animated series episode "The Forgotten" mm-hmm. as, as Riley in that episode, and does uh, quite a few. Uh, smaller roles over the years and in, in a lot of the, the various dcau shows but he's also as a, as a little trivia to beck as who knows god knows if we'll come back to another marvel show next year uh before i could talk about this again but he was actually the second war machine uh voice actor as uh, the original voice actor in season one of iron man is uh is not other than uncle F- uh, james avery is the voice of, of war machine in that first season but uh Mr. Harewood picked it up in the second season and then uh, gets to come over and reprise that role here <laughs> in uh, which is funny because then Uncle Phil comes back to voice War Machine in Spider-Man. So,
0: so I think it's isn't it seems like it's a tradition though that if you are cast as War Machine for for one one uh one Iron Man uh, property you are doomed to be recast for the follow-up <laughs> as we uh we know that occurred in the live action series as well
2: seems there. there's 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 a war machine curse out there that, uh, <laughs> that we all need to be uh we all need to be worried about but yes there we are uh, elsewhere in the cast we have uh we have uh, uh this is this is very niche but i have to mention shadow stevens uh samson a green-haired muscle man uh, who's also a doctor? I, someone who knows about Hulk stuff, explain who Doc Samson is to me, uh, please. I know nothing about this character.
0: We know from the from the exposition of this episode that he's got gamma infused muscles, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at maybe I'm looking at this through the incorrect lens. But does it not seem that he's he's sort of setting setting himself up to be the other man? Hmm, feels that way. Like Betty is very flirtatious in this episode. Mm-hmm. He uses his gamma infused muscles to protect her. I mean, mm-hmm. seems very much like this is uh, this is just being yeah. set up for uh, for uh, for a a romance angle here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Definitely, but uh, Shadow Stevens, who uh, you know, voiceover guy uh, veteran, but I know him best as the man who, for you know, X amount of years on the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. At the start of every show, said, "Ladies and gentlemen, Craig Ferguson." (laughs) So uh, that's that's the most niche thing I've ever said on the show. Uh, (laughs) Think of the. I will say, I think,
0: I think he did a far better job with the late show than he did. And I mean, we're we're. We're taking uh taking this with a grain of salt because it is a very, very quick scene, but <laughs> I was not impressed with his take as as this uh this hulking heroic man, uh at least <laughs> the lines that he delivered uh not not very good in that in, in this uh, scene in this particular episode, so
2: yeah, hard to disagree there and uh playing off of him, as mentioned we have a, we have Jeannie Francis of uh, of general hospital fame as uh, as Betty briefly not not a lot to write home about there but then we get to our, our some of our main actors uh, another DCAU veteran John Vernon as uh, as Thunderbolt Ross here uh, of course the voice of Rupert Thorne in Batman the Animated Series very very uh, recognizable voice but he's a great Ross like mm-hmm. it's weird because when you know him so well as like when he has such a recognizable voice it's weird to kind of get that's Rupert Thorne. But like in a bubble, great choice for for General Ross for this hard nose. He's not quite a villain because he's not like the Hulk is dangerous, but he's but he's so sort of single-minded and, and pig headed in his uh, his determination to capture this guy that he kind of becomes the he becomes the antagonist. And he has that that sort of uh, you know, there's a military like respect and gravitas to everything he says, but he's mm-hmm. he's still sinister enough to, to to be the bad guy.
1: He's right there a trail of chaos and destruction a mile wide. Pretend to be useful, super spy, and sniff out any ties Banner has with Southern Cal. Uh, Answer's right in front of your battle-hungry little eyes, General. Stark Enterprises? Tony Stark? He's just one of our government contractors. A businessman. But also the man who supplied Bruce Banner with the materials to build his infamous gamma reactor? Well then, let's place us a little person-to-person call.
0: Yeah. He's he's really good. It's just I mean he just has that big booming over the top voice mm-hmm. and he com- like he commands the room when he talks whether or not he's uh portraying this this gangster from Gotham or this this military general um you have to have somebody that that has a has a, a you know just has a larger than life sound to him and I I think he does a he does a really strong job of being able to do that in uh, in this episode and um I'm sure the rest of the series as well it, it didn't even dawn on me until probably his second scene I was like hold on a second here <laughs> that's Rupert Thorne's voice but <laughs> as we talked about uh, you know Marvel the Marvel animated universe was no stranger to using you know many of the uh the same voice actors uh, in in its animation we know Ephraim Zemplis jr took a took a, a role as uh as Dr octopus you know uh, as
2: uh, he's Justin hammer in Uh, Iron Man, too.
0: There you go. And then uh, you know Mark Hamill of course famously played the Hobgoblin he also plays uh the gargoyle i believe in this series mm-hmm. and uh even Richard Mall, who played Two-Face uh, has a has a turn as a as one of the villains in this uh this Hulk series too so uh definitely some crossover uh in from the DCAU over to this Marvel cinema or animated universe here as uh they they liked what they heard i guess it makes makes sense if you're going to if you're going to cast people in in roles to play in and animation why not go for the best
2: absolutely yeah i think there's a. Well, I well wonder well i was gonna say in maybe some of the other cases this was fox kids uh mm-hmm. <laughs> synergy but obviously not not in this case uh but uh yeah, a lot, of, a lot of talented folks, including as we'll get to uh, more of our main cast here. We have uh, voicing the uh, the ever radical Rick Jones is uh, maybe the most '90s voice actor you could have picked. <laughs> and is of course, one of the stars of Beverly Hills 90210. The uh, unfortunately uh, uh, deceased uh, late great Luke Perry. Uh, as uh as the voice of rick care and look as as we said the this character in these 90s cartoons is always going to be a little bit grating and annoying when you come back to it i don't think there's any two ways around it but uh but he's doing his job he's doing quips he's being cool uh we didn't talk about this in visuals but he's kind of dressed like marty McKay. and He's uh you know he's just being like this cool rad rad kid and being the the wise crack and size kick. and he's doing his job even if it's uh it's a little bit <laughs> it's a little bit <laughs> grating yeah. coming back to it.
0: No, abs- you're absolutely right. Yes, looking back at it now it's like ugh that's that character is just ugh, yuck. But I think as a kid I thought Rick was pretty cool. He has long hair. He's wearing like hoodie and baggy jeans. He's mm-hmm. riding a motorcycle. He's got a cool motorcycle helmet that he wears. He gets to wear Iron Man's gauntlet at this. He's the mm-hmm. friend he's, he ha he's, he is the sidekick character. You talk about it all the time when you think about, uh, you know, with Tim Drake being such mm-hmm. an important part of your, your childhood and, and why he remains one of your favorite, Heroes, if not your favorite hero, because mm-hmm. you could look at the Tim Drake Robin and identify with him. You're like, I am Tim Drake. He's my age. I can be him. I, I can identify with him. I want to be him. Um, right. So it's the same thing with the Rick Jones character. It's like, this is a younger guy. He's, I'm not a giant green monster. So I can't see myself as the giant green monster, but I could be the friend of the, the giant green monster. <laughs> you know, I could be the funny kid guy that gets to say all the quips and hang out with him and try and, you know, try and make him remember who he is all the time and also get to hang out with his cool superhero buddies. Like that could be me. Um, and, 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 luke perry did a did a i thought he did a great job honestly like the dialogue that he was written w- wasn't great uh it's but i think he he took chicken crap and made chicken salad out of it like it, it's there's a lot of a lot of fun i love when he uh the, the quip with uh where war machine saves him and asks him if he needs a hand and he says hate myself for saying it but no thanks <laughs> I already got one and he takes out the gauntlet and starts using it classic uh that and the the Hulk sports fans he's hulking outline both mm-hmm. both popped me those were those were really good so yeah i think he does he does a, a an excellent job for exactly what was asked of him um
2: so yeah as mentioned the the, the voice of bruce banner here we have neil mcdonough who i uh, know best of course from the show boomtown
0: which aired for one season in 2002 <laughs> Boom tech. i thought that was a couple of seasons. oh you know what? wait isn't that the one i thought it got up second life that's not the one that got it, second life on tnt i don't
2: i don't know if it did or not it's it's i'm, I'm seeing uh premiere september 2002 oh no it must have looked no it must have aired two seasons because the finale was uh december 2003 so Is that
0: the one with the guy from the oc and gotham uh
2: uh mm, let's see who's in it we got donnie Wahlberg. America's oh, Sweetheart, definitely not, and uh, and Neil McDonough in the starring roles, and uh I mean, who knows? There might have been somebody from.
0: <laughs> no, I, what is the show? <laughs> now I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. The one, what are you,
2: t- what, are you talking about? Ben Ben McKenzie, are you yes. talking about the main yes. guy? Oh, yeah, I don't see, yeah, I don't see him listed in the Boomtown cast. <laughs>
0: what, what was the TV show? What was the cop show with him on it? Gotham. <laughs> It, well yes but not that <laughs> southland okay it's southland. another one all right it was close enough all right back to the show <laughs> sorry <laughs> derailed
2: you resume your regularly scheduled uh thing i just remember uh an ad for boomtown where it's like a big action thing and this city is tough and whatever and then it just cuts to neil mcdonald neil McDonough going boom <laughs> so <laughs> That's the things that will uh, I will remember for the rest of my life, long after I have forgotten like members' birthdays and things. Uh, Neil McDonough whispering "Boomtown" <laughs> for a show that lasted maybe two years. But anywho, uh, no more. More famously, <laughs> of course, yeah, uh, folks listening to this would know Neil McDonough as uh, as Jamie and Dark on, on Arrow and the Arrow assorted uh, spinoff shows, and uh, as Dum Dum Dugan in the Captain America uh movies as well a lot, of, a lot of double d names what's going on with that um <laughs> but most famously to our childhood he's uh he's one of the pitchers in angels in the out and angels in the outfield so uh well I, I like he, we don't get a lot of mr mcdonough as uh as bruce banner in this episode it's uh it's a lot of him just like grunting and 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 grimacing his way through uh through dialogue, but uh, like I said, I like I like him playing off of uh, Luke Perry as Rick and and him playing off of uh, Robert Hayes as Iron Man as well, who we'll talk about more in a second. Uh, he doesn't get to do a lot, but uh, he's uh, he's sort of just this constantly like afraid and agitated man in this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really I mean the the most dynamic thing that we get him doing is like when he has the uh, the the first transfer well when he falls off of the when he falls off of the overpass mm-hmm. uh and he's leaving the message to Tony Stark so we get a little bit of <laughs> that happens there and then we get uh him having a, a headache as he's trying to talk with Tony heart to heart but yeah we don't really get much um we don't really get much to hear from him uh he, in 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 this particular episode i'm sure he's fine i think he was recast i believe uh i saw ron perlman uh originally voiced him <laughs> in, the, in the iron man crossover voice i don't know if that was the hulk or if that was uh, if, Bruce if, banner or both but, so i
2: believe ron perlman also voices hulk and bruce banner in the fantastic four cartoons so okay there guest stars were ron perlman but maybe it's a scheduling thing or maybe it's just they weren't able to secure him full time but mm-hmm. uh but yes we haven't so we have neil mcconnell as the as the voice of uh, bruce banner for he the, does a fine the actual yeah mm-hmm. like i said it's it's limited there but uh, he gets there and then yes our, our two main actors i would say we have uh, robert hayes returning from his animated series as iron man mm-hmm. talked about a couple of times including as as the voice of uh of luminous in, uh, in Superman, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, him. he's very soft-spoken. <laughs> like he's, I think it's another, he's one of these, Iron Man is one of those characters that he's been so molded by who played him in the live action movies that anyone else wouldn't take on the character. A little bit jarring as first, but I think you settle in pretty quickly uh to uh to like he's, he's very soft-spoken he's got his quips like it's still kind of the the elements you would expect from an iron man mm-hmm. he's got his one-liners and he's you know, he's kind of this ultimate action hero like with his with his mullet and his cool mustache and his and his gadgets and everything but uh, i like him like i said i like some of the the softer moments with uh with with mr hayes as as tony stark as well and his uh his interplay with dorian hairwood as war machine and and tom kane as uh, as homer is a lot of fun too i think so Uh, Yeah, it's it's fun to have him uh, have him return from his own series.
0: Hashtag my Iron Man. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves Robert Downey Jr. But uh, at some point, in my opinion, Robert Downey Jr. became a caricature of himself. And uh and he just plays himself as Iron Man. It's it's just Robert Downey Jr., it's not mm-hmm, Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will always have a soft spot for this version of Iron Man because of the aforementioned Iron Man show that we grew up with and uh, the fact that they brought him back for this, and he does end up coming back and playing Iron Man in the Secret Wars crossover Spider-Man event, also. So uh yeah, I I I think that uh he does a great job. I enjoy his his take on. On Iron Man um, that line uh, the line when he first comes in uh, you know next time you uh, think about throwing a punch, try throwing it at Iron Man is uh is a, is a quote that I, again, I think is one of those things that will stick with me well into my uh, days as a <laughs> prospective octogenarian. I just think that that's uh, likely likely going to stick with me for quite a long time. It's just a great delivery, a great line. Uh, and I will always have a soft spot for his, his take on, on Tony Stark.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think he's very strong in this episode. And then, Yes, our, our main actor, our end of the hour, as you mentioned, Cal, Lou Ferrigno reprising his role as the Incredible Hulk uh, in this episode. And uh, his dialogue is, is, uh, is similar <laughs> in a lot of scenes. It's a lot of Hulk smash and Hulk bash enemy and like a lot of, you know, short fragment and sen- sentences. But there's a, there's a real intensity to him that i think is really strong and this is another thing i don't want this to turn into me and you just saying things we don't like about the mcu <laughs> but it's our again it's our show so tough, tough 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 luck uh i think smart hulk is lame i don't like smart hulk at all i think that's boring mm-hmm. and i think it takes out the most interesting part of the character which is like the whole jekyll and hyde thing uh-huh. um Again, perhaps someone could reach, you know, uh, tweet us at DCAU Review or comment on our Instagram if there's a specific oh, Smart Hulk comic book run I should check out. Uh, as a whole, I think the the Savage Hulk matched with the more mild mannered. Uh, cerebral Bruce banner is kind of my uh that's what I think of when I think of the hulk so uh, and a lot of that is based on this show and uh and 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 uh, you know his appearances in some of the other marvel animated stuff so uh, i I think even though he's a lot of just roaring and and screaming and 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 you know reductive you know very very simple sentences and everything and i I think he's fantastic what a unsurprisingly after doing the role for like 30 some years Lou Ferrigno good as the Hulk <laughs> but I think also getting him getting to do it without the benefit of the physicality of Lou Ferrigno being like this giant bear of a man mm-hmm. like having to do it only with his voice it's you know it's as we've talked about you know voice acting and and on on camera acting are not are not one and the same. So the fact that he was able to kind of rise to the occasion as a voice actor, as well as uh, quite impressive, I think.
0: No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's a, it's a good take on the character. I, I can't tell. I was sitting here thinking as we were describing his performance, if they, I don't know if they put it uh, like a modulator on his voice in some way, if they put an effect on it at all, or if that's his raw voice, or maybe they just layer it a little bit. Um, Cause I, it, it regardless that's the hulk voice like to me that is the hulk voice and um it if i were to read a comic book with the with the uh the hulk in it that would be the voice that i hear provided that it's the hulk smash version and not the, the smart hulk version uh with you on on the uh the the savage hulk also uh much more entertaining and interesting the idea of this beast of a of a man that can't be tamed or controlled and uh that it's it's this constant balance between that and the uh the, the the scientist that's attempting to uh to tame the beast inside so to speak so yeah i i think mr farigno does a does a a strong performance in this episode there's uh various emotions i love the when he's sort of coming back down to earth and both of the times that he does it where he recognizes rick the first time um and kind of has to come down out of his his rage against Iron Man and then when he's trapped in this this Hulk trap at the end and remembers that that uh, once again that Rick is his friend and has to break out of it and a lot of it is roaring and Hulk smash and isn't necessarily going to win any awards for for dialogue, but I think I think that's what you need in a Hulk performance and uh, again is probably uh, probably hashtag my Hulk also
2: absolutely yeah he's he's fantastic they even i think brought him back to voice the uh the cgi hulks in the uh at least in the the eric banner hulk movie so i know he's ah, mm-hmm. and, and i think in some of the more modern movies they sort of combined his voice with the bruce banner actors so mm-hmm. um but yeah so it's it's fun i mean he's he is he for multiple generations uh between all of his various turns as the character he is he gets to be uh, the Hulk for a lot of people, which is very cool. Um, so, mm-hmm. with uh, with all of that said, I guess we can get to our scores here and uh, tallying everything out. Like I said, I really enjoy the show. A lot of the dialogue can be clunky in parts, but I still had a lot of fun with it. I ended up giving voice acting another very strong eight out of ten.
0: Yep, identical score for me, eight <laughs> out of ten as well. Uh, we were we were uh, we were kind of along the same thought line here for a lot Simpatico. of. Patico the... Yeah, imagine that. Uh, even when we when we venture into another part of the multiverse, uh, it, uh, it things still stay the same here on the show. So, uh, Liam, I guess that will uh, that will bring us to our final scores for this week. So tallying everything up, I end up with a 27 out of 40. What about you? Yeah. And
2: I'm just a couple point higher, a couple points higher at 29 out of 40.
0: Yeah, those scores are actually significantly higher than our Spider-Man scores from last year. Our Spider-Man scores were (laughs) 22 out of 40 and 23 out of 40, respectively. So uh, we like this one uh, quite a bit more if you're looking at looking at things here. So, uh, again, hard to talk about these things uh, when we review one episode uh, out of out of many episodes. This show did, did get two seasons uh, everything that i read i don't think i've seen a single episode of the second season but everything that i've read uh has said that they they very much changed the tone for the second season which led to a lot of people not really liking or enjoying the second season uh nearly as much as the first season so mm-hmm. uh, which led to it not only having a, a shorter run but also being canceled pretty quickly but uh So, as far as the grand scheme of things here, rewatchability, we've rewatched this episode exclusively from that whole <laughs> original hulk run uh for the last 20 30 years here as we're as we're go- coming up on the uh the anniversary of this episode originally debuting in 1996 here so uh you know we're we're a couple years shy of the uh the 30 year anniversary of this this show uh, debuting but uh heights I'd, I'd say it's worth a rewatch just because we've rewatched it so many times i don't think we could say it's not worth a rewatch but uh, i think the elements of having the returning characters if you love the the crossover that happens between these shows the loose sort of common voice actors and whether or not things are in the same continuity or not the original sort of marvel universe if you will Mm -hmm. um i think if you enjoy all of that this hulk show seems to be the thing for you at least the first season because there's a lot of crossover between characters and voice actors and mm-hmm. it appeared on the other shows so um i'd say yeah this is worth a rewatch uh what say you liam yeah totally
2: agree and uh, and to your point like this uh this sort of shared loosely shared uh marvel animated universe predates the dcau becoming the dcau um, I right. <laughs> you know super superman would have been getting on the air around this time but it wasn't until deep into the you know the second second half of the you know second half of the second season that that world's finest came up and we officially crossed things over so yeah credit credit uh, a feather in marvel's cap that they were they were doing the the animated crossover before that was sort of a, a regular expected thing among uh these uh these comic book based cartoons so yeah i think it's a lot of like we said an episode that's very special near and dear to us personally but I also just think it's fun. It's you know, it's an episode where Hulk and an Iron Man meet up and they fight. What, what what more do you need if you're if you're uh, if you're looking for a fun bit? If you want to if you want to just kind of like we've done the last couple of years, just to go do a little sample size of these Marvel cartoons and see how they uh, how they measure up to your uh, perhaps the nostalgia you have for them. This is this was one I would put on the shortlist for that type of viewing for sure.
0: Absolutely. All right, Liam. Well, let's wrap things up for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for this week's special April Fool's, second annual April Fool's episode. Let us know your thoughts. You know, have you watched the Incredible Hulk series? I know a lot of our, our followers are big fans of the X-Men animated series and certainly uh, the Spider-Man the animated series. You know, did you watch these other series? Did you watch the Incredible Hulk? Did you watch Iron Man and the Fantastic Four? Were you a complete, completest when it came to the Marvel anime? animated universe uh tweet us or comment on our instagram at dcau review at least while twitter still exists we keep thinking that it's gonna end maybe one day it will but hey if it's still standing while you you're listening, <laughs> if you're if it's still standing at the if it still exists when you're listening to this even if it's 50 years in the future 50 years from now whenever now is uh tweet us at dcau review and give us your thoughts about what uh, what you think about this week's review, the Incredible Hulk animated series, the Marvel animated universe, all of that, uh, feel free to, to tweet us or comment on our Instagram posts. Uh, Don't forget also, if you would like to support the podcast, uh, there's a couple of different ways that we would encourage you to do so. The first and easiest is to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you hear your podcasts. If you can subscribe to us and uh, give us a five-star review if the app allows you to do so, that helps us out a lot. That is one huge way to support us. If it allows you to leave a, a little blurb paragraph about what you like about the podcast, you know, drop one of those in there, even if it's just like two sentences, like good show, like it, <laughs> whatever we would, anything is great for us. So uh, that helps us uh, in the algorithms gets more people listening to the podcast, uh, which helps us out a lot. You can also support us uh, monetarily. If you're feeling so inclined by checking out the show notes, there's a link directly to our store where you can pick up a a piece of merchandise to support the podcast. There's also a link to donate to the podcast directly to buy myself or Liam, a, uh, a, coffee uh thank you everybody for tuning in this week it's been a been a wild ride but uh we will be returning back home safe and sound uh to our normally scheduled dcau programming next week as we return liam we are back to the sunny skies of dakota as uh we round out the month of april with some more static shock episodes static has been kind of uh you know back in the in the limelight recently we recently mm-hmm. got uh you know the, the static uh static comic the static beyond comic that we uh that uh came out recently he's been uh you know kind of back in the forefront here we're constantly hearing things about maybe that static movie some point in the future we don't know if it's gonna <laughs> happen now or not but hopefully so Uh, But uh, it's always fun when we return uh, back to those sunny skies uh, and next week will be, uh, will be no exception.
2: That's right. And we'll be picking things up with a a season two episode of static Shop. that being the episode sunspots, which uh, features a returning villain, hot streak, and also one of the, the classic superhero archetypes of uh, some vague science BS means they, their powers for a while. So always uh, always a fun trope so I'm excited to see how uh, how static uh, static
0: himself deals with those issues should be a lot of fun can't wait but until then i'm cal and i'm liam and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the dcau review
2: face front true believers